You're listening to episode 5 of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. Yes. Dude, what's going on? Not too much. So we're trying something new tonight. Yeah, we're actually uh, live streaming on the internet, which is different. Hopefully everybody can hear what I'm saying. And if you can't, please tell me. Yeah, because that would be kind of funny. So we had to do kind of a... Famous Dan and Joe show 180. Uh, everything we had planned, we had to change on the spot. So tonight, it's just me and Dan. And we are talking about a plea for purging. Yes, we are. So, plea for purging. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite bands. They're not really together anymore. I know they're reuniting for, I think it's Face Down Fest. In California, which I do not have enough money to attend, so I will not be seeing that show, so the best I could come up with was to do a podcast. So, A Plea for Purging is a band that you showed me kind of on a whim. I think the first album I heard was Depravity. Yeah, Depravity was kind of where I was at at the time. Uh, I had purchased their first album before, A Critique of Mine and Thought, uh, but it was like a digital download. It was I bought it on iTunes, and uh, you know I liked it for the most part, and I had it for about a year, but never really said much about it. I mean, it, that it was just kind of what it was, you know. And uh, I, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. But when Depravity came out, that was whenever we all kind of really started getting excited about the band, and the becoming just kind of a big deal. Like we we need to see this band live. We need to see what's it's up. one of those records, big time. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it it definitely uh, really, it really affected me on a personal level. It was really aggressive and angry and negative. And how can you be aggressive and angry and negative all at the same time? Although I guess they are kind of the same thing. They are totally the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I noticed about Plea that I'm really into is all of their records with maybe the exception of the first one, they all seem to be concept albums. I'm not sure that they're supposed to be. I know Depravity is, and I know The Marriage of Heaven and Hell is. Right. Um, But that's one of their big points for me is it's like listening. You can put on one song that you like, or you can listen to the whole record. And most of the time, I want to listen to the whole record. Yeah, I mean, it's really good, you know, in a big chunk, for sure. I, I, uh... I really enjoy uh, listening to Depravity and Marriage of Heaven and Hell almost as if they're one giant album. Because they're not that long, so they're easy to get through. And um, I feel like they, they really flow together really well. So I, I like that about the band, that their music can, can sometimes be seamless even between albums. So what's your number one plea for purging song? Number one? Just pick one. You can oh. listen to one plea song. That's it. What is it? Uh, probably the eternal female. Ooh, mine changes uh, between malevolence and Music City. Yeah, Music City's a good one too. Malevolence was like the first song I think we'd really. Uh, it was the first video I think that they had done. Well, it was it was the first one we'd seen. I know I thought they did one for the Betrayers. Did they? But oh, it, yeah, it's I don't been know a while since I've not. watched them. I know. Um, 
Andy Adkins, who is like the poster child of Plea, like he became the mask guy. Like Dan comes over to the house and says, you need to hear this band. Like their whole focus is the fat guy. Yeah, pretty much. That was it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, no, no, like the singer, like he's on their t-shirts, he's on their albums, he does all their promotional stuff online. He works for which metal magazine was it? That it wasn't a was? magazine. It was a merchandise company called Zambui, which I don't think even exists anymore, but they basically sold merch. And the first time I'd ever seen this dude was on a whole bunch of those videos that they put out. Right. And uh, he was always at like live shows talking to bands. And there's actually a really good uh, set of interviews where he was at Cornerstone one year walking around talking to all the bands. And this dude is just basically like a stand-up comedian slash metal singer. Uh, they seem like the most serious people that you'll ever meet. Actually really lighthearted and really funny uh, in real life. <laughs> on their records, you would think that they just walk around with frowns on their faces all the time. But the reality is is that they're actually very funny people and have a very good uh, self-depreciation, self-depreciating sense of humor. I remember the first time we went to see A Plea for Purging, the opportunity we had to go see them live, you had, uh, it was Project 86, Plea for Purging, was Sleeping Giant at that show? Yes. And I forget what, what tour it was supposed to be, but it. I walk in and the first band that played, their drummer had apparently disappeared. Like, I think he'd actually been eaten by Andy Adkins. It was uh, Corpus Christi. And the drummer from Plea was sitting in with Corpus Christi for, like, one or two songs. And I just look, and I see this huge guy, like, arms to the equator, like, in the front of the stage. And I had no idea that was the lead singer of Plea. Yeah, he was wearing little tiny shorts. Because when Plea went on second... This guy proceeds to lead the crowd in a band of aerobics. Yeah, he just starts working out, which right coined there on stage. the term heavy aerobics. Heavy aerobics, metal yep. aerobics. It's the workout of you know all the metalheads in the world. Yep. And I was just it was a it was not a a sound that I had never heard before, but I liked the the early days of Plea. They were. A little less, and this is going to be a question I ask you later. Uh, they're a little less degent and a little more like melodic metal. But then you had this growling Andy Adkins just balk at the microphone, and it was something that in that combination that worked really well. And the first album I sat down and really listened to was Depravity. Yeah, and I remember just. The first thing that caught my eye was, for those people that remember how great you felt after you saw The Dark Knight the first time, the soundtrack has this, like, overtone, the sound of electricity, like a, like a halogen light is on in the room that runs through the entire album, and it just it, it leaves this tension on you. Depravity has the same thing going on. Oh, for sure. And it had a theme that they kept coming back to. Yeah. And it just, it, it flowed together just almost perfect. Yeah, pretty close to perfect. In, in, in a world where colors might be the perfect 
progressive album concept album depravity comes pretty close yeah and that's not their first album no it's not (laughs) and i know that dan wants to go in order here so tell me about the very first plea for purging album okay so they had put out a couple of demos before that or eps Um, i i have only heard these because you own them i can't find them yeah one was called dern (laughs) d-e-r-n and dern and uh, there was another one that was called Steady is the Word, Quick is the Action. And they had a different lead singer on that, I thought. No, not that one. That one had Andy Adkins on it, but the uh, the first one, Dern, did not. Okay. Uh, it was some other guy, and he sounded not as good as Andy Adkins. I mean, it's really... It was a little more, uh, not emo, but you're in that Not you're, emo, you're that but yeah. Just like your regular, like, hardcore vocalist, you know, I mean, it was okay. There wasn't anything wrong with it, but it just was, you know, I don't know. He wasn't the defining member of the band, so. So what was the first thing that Andy Adkins was on? Uh, that would be Quick as the Word, Steady as the Action, which is like a seven-song EP. I guess you could call it an album. I mean, it's kind of like whether or not you wanted to call Mortifications Break the Curse the first album or not. It's technically not the first album, but it it is kind of, um, and it has almost all the same songs on it that uh, a critique of mind and thought had, which was their first, which album. was their first official, you know, record label standout track on this album for pretty much everybody is the Betrayers. Yeah, the Betrayers is awesome, and I'm gonna get this title wrong, but it's track one. It's Vipers. Uh, Vipers, Sons of Vipers, How Will You Escape the Judgment of Hell, I think it is. Which was the first track I heard from Play. Yeah. That was, we, we, here's live Play, Sons of Vipers starts, and it just, it's this, it's this just drop of heavy, like. Yeah, it's a slow build If you're up. not in the mood, you're in the mood now. Right, yeah, it's a slow build up, uh, and then just kind of breaks down right there in front of you. And if you're at the show, there's a gigantic man right in front of you doing aerobics right and, i mean listen to this for like you know five seconds yeah it's pretty cool it, it it starts off with that tense metal guitar and then just drops right yep it's interesting at the beginning of that song because it goes into the type of heaviness that we would become more accustomed to on albums like depravity and marriage of heaven and hell but the funny thing about this album is this album doesn't really sound like this. Uh, it's kind of a kind of a red herring, so to speak, right? Because literally, when the band kicks in, you start realizing what this record's all about, and it is about frantic, complex soloing, just I mean, fret destroying metal. So the question I'm going to ask you later, and probably on every album, because it it. It falls under a plea falls under a category where depending on which album was the last one you heard, you'll either say, Oh, they're 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 degent or they're melodic metal. So is plea <laughs> degent on this one? Uh no, for sure not. Definitely uh, not. They're they're more more in your vein of it sounds to me, especially with the vocals and how they sound, it seems more like like old school hardcore, and I don't really mean old school. I mean I don't know, like something like No Innocent Victim or something of, or like Terror or something like in that vein. 
like like half the band is is old school hardcore, and the other half is like they only listen to Iron Maiden. Is it the band as a whole or Andy Adkins that talks about this album in a negative tone? Oh, I don't know if he does or not. I haven't. I, I just haven't know seen I've, that. I've I've read in interviews with the band that they had talked about that this was the record that they wish they hadn't let the label push them the way that they were pushed and they learned their lesson with the next one but I don't really have complaints about this record it, it is a very solid very well put together very well played first album yeah I mean it's a great it's great for a debut I mean it sounds like I mean I've definitely heard debut records that are way worse than this and right um, this doesn't sound amateurish um, maybe a little bit in the songwriting as there's a whole lot of like play this part for 15 seconds and then move on to the next part, you know? Well, uh, that, but that kind of, that, that's what it comes up with this type of metal though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not uncommon. I don't like have any real issue with it. It's just, uh, it's a heavy, mostly hardcore record with a lot of metal influences on it. My only issue with it is that it sounds a little bit flat in the production quality. Um, it doesn't punch like it should punch in the heavy parts. And I'm only saying that in comparison to what we, what came later. Uh, right. You know, it's, I it's would equate sonically... this album's production to what you would similarly get out of Slayer. Sure. Mid, more mid heavy, more about getting the tone across than the punch that metal albums are supposedly known for. Right. I mean, sonically it's good. It just, it kind of, it's it's kind of all mixed, you know, kind of, kind of together in such a way to where it really doesn't, like, I don't know, it, it's hard to criticize because it, there's nothing wrong with the production on this record whatsoever. Right. Like, I, it sounds great. It's just, I feel like the band compromised a little bit of heaviness just so, just more, more, like it was mixed more for the soloing guitarist. Right. Then it was like, you know, you're more bass heavy drops. You and got stuff there before like I could get there. Is this the guitar player's album? Uh for sure, for sure. I mean, and some plea fans, you know, they really they think that a critique of mine and thought is the best plea album. You know, they didn't really appreciate the direction the band went in on depravity. And I could see that. I mean, if you're if you're a big time guitar guy and all you want to hear is melodic solos and just, you know, just all around craziness. I think that's fine. Um, the only real criticism I have of this record, though, is the vocals. Um, again, absolutely, one hundred percent, get the job done. There's nothing wrong with the vocals on this record. But you're going to say dynamics, aren't However, you? However, no, I'm not going to say dynamics. His voice sounds very forced. Um, like he's he's. I, I don't know if he had screamed before uh, this record or or before the EP that came before it. Um, but his vocals are somewhat rough on that one as well. Um, and, you know, maybe he just had a sore throw that week. I don't know. However, what I hear is I hear a lot of straining. His voice sounds very rough and not in a good way, like not in a controlled way, more like a I'm out of breath and having trouble getting through the songs. And uh, and maybe that's why, you know, he started doing aerobics you know, before shows. I don't know. Well, judging uh, by the rest of the album and the way that, that the rest of the production sounds, I'm not 100% sure that it would be him. But I'm like you. I'm comparing it to what comes later. Right. 
Because one thing about plea that arguably you will find is that they get beefier as time goes on. Personally, I kind of feel like the marriage of heaven and hell takes a step backwards. But we'll we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we might disagree on that one, but but I mean, I, I mean, solid album, right? Sure. I mean, I I love I love a critique of mine and thought. Uh, for a long time, I had a blog that was called the critique of mine and a critique of mine and thought. I mean, it was it was still a great record. Um, the Betrayers is probably my favorite song on there. Is there's just there's just this melodic um, there's kind of this melodic break or bridge or whatever you want to call it in that song uh, towards the end that just really gets my blood pumping and I love it. Um, there's a hymn of praise is my other favorite one on that one. And uh, it's a very melodic, you know, fast paced, you know, very guitar solo-y song. <laughs> all right. I mean, the guitars are just all over this record. Um, and not like in a crunch, but just, it's just solos, man. It's like, it's like they're competing with each other or something. <laughs> Well, I'm going to take an early stand on this one and say that the follow-up, Depravity, uh -huh. that's the Plea for Purging masterpiece. Oh, you think that one's the best album? I think it is. I It's it's something about, again, I, I've mentioned this before, I, I'm your concept album guy. Right. When it's done right, a concept album is what you want to hear. Sure, I, I get that. And... I, I still honestly don't know if this is intended to be a concept album, but the way the music flows, the way there are themes that they come back to, it, it will catch you off guard and force you to listen to it. Yeah. From the very first phrase that you hear through the album when they go back to it. Right. And they go back to that theme... More than once, it, it reminds you that you're you're listening to a performance. You're not listening to a band, and right. there's a difference there. And that, and I mentioned it earlier. It, it's got that overtone. I think Liberate could claim the same thing. Yeah, it, it's not that it, it's not that it feels. It makes. It's not that it, it 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 feels dirty. It sounds dirty, but it has something that ties it all together. Well, I, and I agree with everything you just said. I do remember listening to Depravity because I, I've got the unique position of coming from a critique of mind and thought to Depravity. And the changes, honestly, I wasn't 100% prepared for. Um, you know, this band was very... Um, uh, yeah, I thought of them as more of like a metal band, like almost like a more fun-loving kind of band. Right. And so Depravity comes in, and it's so dark, and it's heavy, and it's depressing, and and that's not bad. I love that about it. However, it's just, I mean, it, it starts off, and the band achieves a level of heaviness that was not really even hinted at on a critique of Mind and Thought. I mean, it, it gets, you know, more in that, like, Meshuga-ish vein where it's like heavy and technical and to accent the heaviness there's like bass drops you know in the mix absolutely and uh staple of modern metal is the bass drop absolutely that's right we stole it from techno deal with it right and it sounds great in this case and uh, i mean i love how the record starts off very kind of slow and melodic and that that little piece of music is is repeated several times throughout the record 
just to remind you that hey, you know, we're still we're we're trying to tie this all together with a common theme, not only lyrically but musically. Um, you know, and the, the really this record has hints of the old plea. I think this one was a little bit more soloy than you know the next record. Uh, you know they they played they played like if you listen to Malevolence, that's that's still that that song maybe sounds the most like the old plea off of out of all of them just because there's a lot more there's a lot more intricate guitar work on there it's not just straight you know let's syncopate these riffs with the bass and the drum to be like so perfect that it just hits like a blunt force uh that song's still a little bit more organic and kind of flows right um and the one thing that's interesting too is that the songs on a critique of mind and thought were not particularly memorable with exception but Yes. Right, with a couple of exceptions, but the songs on Depravity all stand apart from one another, and can you can tell the difference between songs very easily because there is a little bit more of a structure there. Um, there are there are repeated choruses, and you know, um, and again, typically that's a bad thing in in this kind of music. But uh, with Depravity, it, it really works. They, they they crafted you know real songs out of this, like, metal mold, you know? Right. And, I mean, you can you can call it what you want, but I'm going to answer the question again. Uh, is Plea Degent on this album? Uh, a little bit. Um, I take issue with Degent because I think it's just kind of a dumb term. Why is that? I, I don't know, because, like, the term, it isn't, you know, it's not Latin for anything or, you know, anything like that. It's just, uh, Degent is literally, like, I think called that because, like, Oh well, you know, man, it makes a sound, you know, when they play. That's like literally the 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 terminology. I I think it was actually Dan who said one time, it's not degent. It's it's mashuga. Right, right. To me, when the somebody term says exists a, because of mashuga, so let's just call it mashuga style, and nobody will want to be that. Right, <laughs> like bands like mashuga or the Akisha Strain, and you know, right, those kind of bands you have a particular sound. And Plea does borrow kind of liberally from that sound. And there, there are aspects of the band that will sneak in, and this is the last album with both guitarists. Yes. They're down to one on the next one. Yes, and, and you, you can definitely tell. You get the feeling that, kind of like when, when Head parted ways with Korn, and you got the feeling of, okay, that's the part of the music that Monkey wrote from that day on. Hey, man, that's next week. Hey, we're going to get to that. <laughs> believe we're going to get to that. Yep. Um, but y- you get the feeling of, okay, this is the guy who who hammers home the... All the solos. The and degent. The, yeah. <laughs> the degent aspects of it. But you know, depravity, it, it can make you feel sick and then make you feel good. Yeah. You know, it, it's melodic. I wouldn't necessarily say it ever makes me feel good. Uh, typically I'm usually in a bad mood when I'm done listening to Depravity. It kind of makes me listen. I but guess that's what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, it's 100% enjoyable, you know? <laughs> 100. From beginning to end. Uh, really, my only criticism with Depravity is in the songwriting itself, and that's that uh, occasionally it does get a little repetitive. Right. There's there's a few too many, oh God, what have we done in Malevolence. There's a little too many, you know, can you see it? Can you feel it? You know, and, you know, there's too many. You couldn't stop this if you tried. It just, it goes on and on. But I think this is just a growing pain. 
in trying to basically craft listenable, memorable songs out of, you know, technical metal, you know? See, see that's, that's interesting because I always interpreted it as part of the theme. Well, and that could be too. I mean, what, what does the, the term depravity mean? And that was kind of what they're hammering into. Right. With, yeah, they're, they're repetitive. They repeat lyrics on different songs. Right. Musical themes come back. So I, that, part of that makes me want to listen to it as a whole. And I guess that's the, that's the difference that I'm hearing is, yeah, yeah, they're trying to make memorable stuff, but it was also tied into a theme. Yeah, yeah, it was tied into a theme. But it all I mean, works. Yeah, I mean, I I love Depravity. Uh, I don't know if I think it's their best one, but uh, I do I do really enjoy it, and it really got me excited about the band in a way that I really wasn't excited when a critique of mine and thought was on. I mean, a critique of mine and thought was great, and the band was good, but it was just another good band. It wasn't like something that I was like, oh my God, I can't wait until they put something out. After I heard Depravity, I was like, I want the next three albums right now. Because right. I was just I was just so excited by what I was hearing, you know. And so about the next record. So the next record is called The Marriage of Heaven and Hell. And uh so this is Depravity Part Two for the most part. It carries on very much in the same vein. The only difference is, is that on this record, we've kind of abandoned the, you know, twinkly guitar sound, I guess, like uh, the, uh, yeah, we are down to the one. solo, the solos, the shred. It's not really there on this record. They've, they've gone full into let's be as heavy as humanly possible um, and, and, and get more syncopated. Right and and create more of a blunt force trauma <laughs> than to uh, the face. Right, than necessarily to ease people into things, and uh, so this record is, uh, believe it or not, it's actually my personal favorite of them. Really? Yeah. Uh, my 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 interpretation of this record. Every time I listen to it, I mean, the first song is the Reaper. Yeah, the Eternal Female. The Eternal yeah. Female. But then I kind of I kind of fall off for a minute, and then the marriage of heaven and hell is like the best middle of an album I can think of. Oh yeah, I mean, once you start the middle, you got about four or five songs before you want to stop listening. But right. I can but I can throw out the beginning and the end. Really, and and again, not every time, but that's kind of the trap that this album throws me in. If I want to listen to a song, I can listen to that song. But if I listen, if I start listening to the fall, I'm stuck. I'm in for at least four more tracks, and I really don't right. know why that is. Uh, it's the singing, Joe. Oh, <laughs> well, so there, this is, there you go. Dan, ladies and gentlemen, has th- pointed it out for me. This was um, this was the first record that plea a plea for purging like really sang. They they did have one song on a critique of mine of thought where there was singing, but it was more like a chorus, like like a choir type. It, you know, it was gang singing. Well, this is the type of this is the type of opening that you're a big fan of. Yes. Yeah, so this this album, if you didn't know, is about like televangelists and about like uh, prophet like prophet teachers and stuff like people that basically tr- basically teach in their religion that 
you know, God, like, like how much money you have is a reflection of like how much faith in God you have, which, you know, we all know is total BS. However, uh, recurring you, theme there, Dan. Well, it's with, just, you, with you personally. Yeah. Well, it's just ridiculous. You know, it's like, it's whatever, you know, um, <laughs> it's like, you know, people, people take enough issue with religion anyway. You know, and you have to perpetuate this stereotype, right? It's like, really, dude, really. So that's what this record's about is uh, is is about that. It, and you know, um, he even says in the internal eternal female, like uh, our prisons were built with the songs of hope. Whorehouses are built with the. Uh, oh wow, I don't remember what the next lyric is. Anyway, <laughs> but it's about religion. You know how it's bad and stuff. Like you know, at least the, that type of religion. Um, we're not really here to make a stance on this show, but, uh, you know, basically, um, this record is very angry in that regard. So the entire thing is loaded with clips of televangelists talking. Um, and then again, I'm just, I'm a sucker for that. I love it. Um, it just really, it puts a smile on my face. I mean, it starts off with a preacher, like screaming all this stuff and, and then uh, plea comes in, and he just, I am the reaper, you know, and it's just, and and the song just goes, the song goes literally insane after that. I mean, right. it's just, it's it's heavier than depravity even. I mean, it's a lot like depravity. It's just, the way I described it uh, to someone today was that depravity, you know, depravity is great. And the marriage in heaven to hell is depravity part two with everything turned up to 11. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's that much more aggressive. It's that much, you know, more angry. Uh, it's that much more, you know, like sonically just jolting. I guess I just disagree. Yeah. So I, yeah. I wish, I wish I could, I could have a more in-depth conversation than that, but <laughs> I, I straight up, I think I just disagree, but well, it's a good album. I still can't call it bad. Right. Well, I think the concept—I think the concept really carries it for me. The the way you are per, have a personal attachment to the concept on depravity. Right. I have a personal attachment to the concept on the marriage of heaven and hell. So, it really, um, I think it's really just—it's uh, it really depends on who you are. So it's like the uh, definition you know. of yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. I think that I think the uh, you find that thing that you latch onto personally, and it's like oh yep, that's my record. Right, right there. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, it, yeah, it just depends on who you are. I don't think that one of the records is necessarily better than the other because they are still different enough. Obviously, they're different enough for Joe and I to have a differing opinion on. And, right. Um, you know, and I agree with what Joe says. You know, as far as the songs on the Marriage of Heaven and Hell may not be as complex, or they may not be as uh, insane as they are on depravity because depravity had two basically principal guitarists um therefore you have you have the potential for a little bit more complexity and dare i say it dynamics for as much as i talk about dynamics and how much i love dynamics the marriage in heaven and hell is not as dynamic of a record as depravity um the only thing that they do to create that to create any dynamics is that you get about four songs in, and you're basically hearing a similar experience to what you had on Depravity, minus the solos. Okay? And then you get to The Fall, track five, and then all of a sudden they're playing. You know, you get about two minutes in or whatever, and then all of a sudden they introduce the very first melodic sung chorus that they've ever done. 
and it's done so well and so seamless that it sacrifices no heaviness. That they don't, they're not like, okay, guys, we're going to slow it down here for a minute or anything like that. It just, it still attacks you in with full force, but it makes you feel kind of good too. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of that, um, what's that, what's the word I'm looking for, Joe? Um, onslaught. No, not onslaught. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's just it's it's that happy feeling i guess people get when they hear singing and all they've been listening to is screaming <laughs> i think uh that would be like like a release yeah like kind resolve of. yeah the like, tension resolves itself right and this is the first time it's done that in like what three, two albums you know absolutely you know uh, and, and you know they even said you know a believer purging used to be a much more melodic band and you can hear that on a critique of minded thought it's much more melodic um, and so they said in order to make up for that, they decided to start singing, uh, on the, on the marriage of heaven and hell, right? Because the music didn't really provide the melody as much anymore, which is interesting. Yeah. I, I don't even need to ask the question that I said I was going to ask for every record. Uh-huh. Uh, because if you're, if you're catching the recurring theme here, play is not degent. No, they're, they're just not Be- being rhythmic does not make you degent. Right. And that's something that I wish everybody that listens to this type of metal would figure out. Just because the guitarist and the drummer and the bass player are in sync, that's called a good rhythm section. Right, it's called being solid. That's yeah. <laughs> called being in control of your music. That's called practicing. It's not degent. You can't be degent and melodic at the same time. No, no not at all. No, you cannot. So or, or can you? Ooh, hang on a minute. <laughs> Are you trying to say that uh, the next one is going to be? No, you're not saying that. I might be saying that. So, uh, so what? the marriage of heaven and hell. Final thoughts. I think it's a great record. One hundred percent. And I ninety eight percent for me. Yeah, it's a yeah. It is. It's my favorite plea record. It's the heaviest one, and I think it's a more realization of the band's sound. Um, Depravity. I still feel like had the growing pains from the coming off of the record before it and i think this record was definitely more of a uh this record was more of a, a more of a realization of how the band's vision was so i'm gonna do my best here to get dan started off on the right foot you ready for this album number four the life and death of a plea for purging yes uh, so you want to tell the story because I remember seeing the album. Yeah. I remember buying the album. I remember listening to the album with you. Yep. And I believe Brian. Yep. And I said, dude, please going away. I'm sad. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? Well, it, the album is called The Life and Death of a Plea for Purging. Either they're being funny or... Which is a total possibility for this band. Yeah, absolutely. But it didn't even sound that way. It sounded like this is... This is the the payoff to everything we've done as a group, everything our fans have given us, and this is us saying thank you. Right, it's the swan song. And it really is that. It is. So, so what happened? I think I think the last tour was the Quit Your Band and Get a Job tour. It's called Quit Your Band and Get a Job tour, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I was not able to see that either. But we'd, we'd seen play a few times. yeah. Yeah, we'd seen him a couple times before and uh, had a great time. So <laughs> if, if this is the swan song, if this is the 
payoff to everything else they've done, it definitely fills those shoes. Absolutely. Everything that you would have turned up to 11, save for the early melodicness, more, you know, a little yeah. bit more of the, the critique of mine of thought, everything's turned up. His vocals are turned up, the drums are turned up. Yeah. And I don't even mean volume, I mean just the quality. Even though, Everything's stepped up a notch. And it was like, I appreciate that, because that's that's the story that every band wants to tell. Like, we put all this effort in and we're not going to do this anymore. We should go out with a bang and go out huge. And right. Plea actually pulls it off. Yeah, they do. Uh, this record is heavy, just like just like the previous record. Um, but it's really melodic. If, if you've never listened to Plea, I have to tell you, don't listen to this one first. Right, because the other ones may not. It will put a bad taste in your mouth on the other albums. Right. And that's not even to say the other albums are bad. It just kind of sets the bar so high. If this band decides to reunite in five years, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're going to top this. Well, if they choose to reunite, they 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 better be ready to keep stepping high, if you know what I mean. Right, because this record is is fantastic. For, uh, for four albums, I mean, when you can almost give the band a perfect score, and I know we haven't been scoring them, but... Right, we don't really you know, score bands. I mean, <laughs> I mean, when they're all in the upper 90s... Yeah. I mean, that's almost perfect as far as your satisfaction. It's it's almost like there's very little risk listening to Plea if you're a fan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think they're an easy band to get into, too, with their yeah, funny it, videos. It, and... it, it may even make you sad if you discover them now. Right. Because if if they're done, they're done, and they're not coming back. Right. But... You never say never, and I definitely wouldn't say never. And I'm going to skip the question and just say it again. Plea is not degent. Uh, the record, it's funny, the production on this is a little different too, though. Um, the bass is turned up quite a bit, so like whenever, whenever they hit those really hard breakdowns, it sounds like a basketball almost, like hitting the, <laughs> right, like hitting you in the face. I was saying uh, there's a song on here uh, called, I think it's... Um, I think it's my song. I can't remember which yep, one it track is. Track five, my song. Or it's Skin and Bones. I can't remember. I don't remember which one it is. But uh, <laughs> it uh, it sounds like you're like in a gym, high school gym, and when the riffs kick in, it basically sounds like you're getting hit in the face by an automatic basketball serving machine. It, it's just over and over and over and over again. Um, and and I love that sound. It's just it's very um, almost has like an electronic sound to it and. Um, it's just, it, that's the sound of perfect syncopation kids. <laughs> it's just, um, they, they were so on the ball and so tight. You know, I would be very disappointed to find out that they quantized their stuff. Yeah. Because when I listen to plea, I don't hear computer manipulation. I hear that was good. Do it again. Yeah. That was good. Do it again. That was perfect. All right, Andy, it's your turn. Well, and the fact that I've seen them do it live, I've seen them perform these songs live. You know what I mean? Like, yes, they're 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 doing it. So, I you know, if they did it on the record, you know, okay, whatever. But um, I don't worry about that as much. I, all I worry about most of the time is just what what I ended up getting in my hands. And in this case, I mean, the record starts off heavy as all balls, <laughs> and then. It kind of scoots over into this more melodic section. There's more. There's more melodic singing on this record than any other plea record, but it's not like a weak album. I mean, it's not. Uh, 
It's not, it, you know, it doesn't drag. You know, there are melodic sections sometimes, sometimes in between songs. But they keep those pretty brief. Those are typically only like, what, like a minute 50 or something? Right. I, um, I listened to this record a lot, and I thought the last two had a concept. Man, I wish this had a concept. And I don't know when I caught it. Yeah, there's a... But I think there is a concept to this. You tell me if I'm right. It's that that Hollywood starlet story of we find you, you, or you want to be a star, so you set out and you go to Music City, you go to, you know, Hollywood, you want to make it big, and then you make it big, but then you decide it's not for you. And Uh, then, it's, I don't have it perfect, but it's, they're not just talking about themselves, but they're talking about themselves. Like, well, kind of like, kind of, we went out on a high note, that sort of thing. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't necessarily make it as complicated as that. I think it's just literally what the title says. It's the life and death. It's the ups and downs. It's there, there, you know, there's a lot of things about that. They loved that. Yeah. That they loved about being in the band. And then there was personal tragedy that, that, that put a huge, huge strain on the band members. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think it just covers that whole gamut of what it's like to be in a band that's on the road. Um, which the, you've never tried it is quite taxing. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it can, it can really take its toll on you. And, uh, you know, I definitely think there's a progression. I think the beginning starts off more, you know, more positive And by the, by the end, it, it definitely gets less positive. <laughs> uh, but it never right. achieves the same level of negativity that was on depravity or on the marriage of heaven and hell. So, I mean, it, it's really... Um, Here's this word again. It's more dynamic um, than than any of the other albums. And it's, you know, sometimes I want to call this one my personal favorite. Uh, however, there's just something about how heavy the marriage in he- of heaven and hell is that, that keeps me on board just as a metal fan. Yeah, when I... When I listen to this record, I, I always say the same thing to myself. This is the payoff for being a fan. This right. is my reward for liking the other albums and listening to the other albums this is my payoff well yeah and it's not they don't skimp out either it's like 14 songs i mean it's right you know it's not like a little 10 track thing and uh you know it it doesn't but it somehow it doesn't drag they they keep it interesting through the whole thing and i guess that's just one of those things where okay well we don't have to continue to keep writing material i guess so you know we're just gonna polish up everything that we have right and make it as nice as we can and uh, this is what we got, and I got nothing bad to say about this record um, or this band. I wish they would get back together. Uh, I, is, <laughs> I enjoy their stuff. Uh, is that your final thought on Plea for Purging? Like, I wish they'd get back together. I wish they'd get back together, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say there's a small group out there that won't be into this style. But if you give it a chance, you can't go wrong with Plea. Just... Just don't listen to the life and death first, or you might be giving it the wrong chance. Right. Well, dude, I I'd call this episode finished. Episodes, so, yeah, we're good. Thanks for tuning in and for everybody watching live. We appreciate it as well. Well, hey Joe, do you have an album of the week? Oh, do I have an album of the week? In preparation for listening to Corn, mm-hmm. I was listening to Corn. Nice. And then I remembered that Korn was accused of being 
the band that created new metal. Yes. So I asked myself, what is new metal? And then I got busy doing something else at work. So this week I've been listening my album of the week, Faceless by Godsmack. Interesting. Because when I need to go back and focus and not worry about anything, I throw on some Godsmack. So nice. listen to Faceless. What do you got? Uh, I've been listening a lot to um, He Is Legend and uh, the album. They have several albums. And we'll actually end up talking about them at some point. But um, I'm listening to It Hates You by He Is Legend, which is just an amazing hard rock record. Um, I had to take a little bit of a break from metal because, uh, man, I listened to Slayer for like a month straight. And then, I, I know, you know that'll that'll take and it out of you. a plea for purging and Zao before that. It just you know, it's just I've been so metal I can't even take a bath without sinking to the bottom of the tub. You know, wasn't well, that your so, goal in life to be as metal as possible? I guess it was uh, at some point. So that's my album of the week. Check it out if you want to. And on that note, you know, we will see you guys next week. Thanks, Thanks. for listening. Um, we are on Google Play Music. We are on iTunes. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on TuneIn Radio. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. 